0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. Since I put out an episode so late after week one of the regular season for the Buffalo Bills, I thought it would be best to hold off before putting out an episode after week two and doing weeks two and three together so we get a twofer in this episode. So if you're ready to talk about weeks two and three of the Buffalo Bills regular season, stick around and let's have some fun. Before we jump into the rest of the episode, I just wanted to take a time out to say thank you to everyone who has listened to me in the past and continues to listen to me on a weekly basis. Remember to tell your friends and family about this podcast so we can keep the ball rolling and keep this thing growing. Remind them that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, right here on Anchor. They can also follow me on Twitter at sportstalkbuffalo716. Again, thank you for all the continued support and continued growth of this podcast. So let's keep it going. Now let's jump into the rest of the episode. All right, let's kick off this show as we always do with some top stories from around sports. A lot has happened since I put out the last podcast in the NFL Most of this is not very new news, but since it is such big news, I decided to put it in the top stories anyway. Out of New Orleans, quarterback Drew Brees is likely to miss at least six weeks with an injury to his throwing hand thumb. He has torn a ligament in his thumb. Teddy Bridgewater did get the start this past Sunday and did end up winning his first start. Also in the NFL, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is out for the remainder of the season as he attempted a pass or injured himself attempting a pass during last week's game. The Steelers are uh, reporting that Ben doesn't need Tommy John surgery and should be ready for the start of the 2020 season. The Steelers have reported that Mason Rudolph, second-year player, Uh, will be the starter the remainder of the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Also in the NFL, cornerback Jalen Ramsey requested a trade after the Week 2 loss. The Jaguars uh, have said that they are not interested in this time at trading Jalen Ramsey. Some more news out of the with the Antonio Brown saga that we continuously hear about. As Antonio Brown was released after just one game with the Patriots, amidst the continuing investigation of an alleged sexual assault, apparently another um, person has come out with allegations against Antonio Brown. Uh, Brown did also send tweets that were deemed to be in a threatening manner to one of the witnesses and that seemed as if it was just too much for the New England Patriots, and they released Brown. Brown also tweeted out after being released that he will never play in the NFL again, and uh, he will file a grievance with the NFLPA to try to recover some of his guaranteed money from not only the Oakland Raiders, but also the New England Patriots. Some more big news out of the NFL, more injury news, unfortunately, As star running back for the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley is out at least four to eight weeks with a high ankle sprain suffered in Sunday's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now Barkley did have a similar injury in college, but returned after just two weeks. Moving on to the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning keep, while one of their stars, as they re-sign restricted free agent Brayden Point to a three-year $20.25 million contract. Point is coming off of a 41-goal and 92-point season, and there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not he would re-sign in Tampa Bay. Also in the NHL, former New York Ranger and Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Dan Girardi has announced his retirement after 13 seasons in the NHL. Girardi played in 927 games while scoring 56 goals and 64 points. That's going to do it for top stories in this week's episode of Sports Talk Buffalo, but stick around. As I said in the opening, we are going to discuss not only week three of the Buffalo Bills season, but week two. We're going to recap it all in the upcoming episode, so stick around. It's going to be a good one. All right, let's jump right into things and talk about week number two, Bills versus the Giants, and honestly, I was not, this is one of the games for me where the Buffalo Bills of old, normally it's kind of a trap game, what you would say, the Bills were expected to win, and they actually surprised me and they came out and they did win, however, on the first drive, it was like the Bills defense was not even there, was non-existent, Saquon Barkley ran all over that defense, at least on the first drive. But the rest of the game, I thought that the defense did an incredibly good job at bottling up Saquon Barkley and really limiting his big playability and and kind of forcing the New York Giants to have to rely on Eli Manning and a very banged up wide receiver core to try to win the game for them. In this game, I want to point out that uh, start by talking about Josh Allen. Now for the second week in a row, Josh Allen has looked very good. He has looked very confident. He has been very accurate and he has starting to show in this game. Anyway, he showed very good awareness on when, when extending plays, when to throw the ball away, uh, when to try to make the big play things like that I think as of course as the games go on as he gets more game reps as he gets uh you know i would say more acclimated uh currently uh, technically it is his second year but he still has yet to play a full 16 game slate in the NFL so I think that we're going to continue to see him grow week after week he's still gonna make mistakes he's still gonna try to fit things in uh, you know, fit the ball in probably sometimes where it shouldn't be. And in this game, I thought he did a far, far better job than in the first game. They really cut down on the mistakes. I don't think they had any turnovers in week two. And aside from the opening play where the Giants marched right down the field and got a uh, touchdown uh, and the three and out that the Bills had to start the game, other than that, the the Bills were in complete and utter control of the entire game. I never felt as though the game was ever in doubt. I always thought that the Bills were going to win that game, and it was a feeling that is very foreign to a lot of Bills fans. It's a feeling that we haven't had in a very long time, a game that they should win, and then at the end of the day, they do end up winning that game. I want to talk a little bit about Cole Beasley and... When we got him, I guess I didn't really understand the impact that he would have on the Buffalo Bills offense. He is the perfect slot receiver aside from maybe Julian Edelman, who can also, you know, make plays down the field also. He's like a poor man's Julian Edelman. Um he just he does he's a possession receiver and he does that incredibly well and he gives Josh Allen that out. He gives Josh, Josh Allen that security blanket that we didn't have last year on the 5-10 to 10 yard routes. He creates a ton of separation. He is a huge mismatch for basically whoever you want to put on him, whether it's a linebacker or a DB. It doesn't really matter. He is a, a nightmare to kind of, uh, on those short and intermediate routes, to kind of Corral and Josh Allen has found him again and again and again in this game. Cole Beasley had four receptions for 83 yards. He had one very big reception where Allen found him down the right sideline for a huge gain. He was wide open and then he took, uh, you know, he ran the ball for another 20, 25 yards. He's not a game breaker, but he is a very solid possession. Third down receiver, he is the exact thing that the Bills needed to be able to keep their offense flowing, keep them on the field in those third down situations. Now, like I said, we're going to, we're going to, I want to jump back and talk about Allen a little bit. Allen in this game was 19 of 30 for 253 yards and a touchdown. Like I said, he looked very good. He looked very confident and he delivered the ball accurately. All those knocks about him being accurate, uh, coming into the draft, I was one of Josh Allen's biggest critics. I was not a huge fan of Josh Allen. Um, and I'm going to get kicked in the teeth for saying this, but I was a Josh Rosen guy. I really liked Josh Rosen. Um, I didn't, and I'll be, again, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a whole lot of tape on Josh Allen. Uh, the tape that I did watch, he seemed very inconsistent is what I'll say. He made some plays in college that made you go, Wow. That is unbelievable. But then again, he made some plays in college where you went, how do you miss a guy that's that wide open? But since getting to the NFL, it looks like he has, at least over this offseason, worked a lot on his mechanics and his accuracy. He's delivering the ball uh, on time and uh, on point to all his, uh, for the most part, to all his receivers. He is doing a very, very solid job through the first few games this season so far. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and, and anoint him the next coming of Jim Kelly or anything like that, but so far I am very pleased with what I am seeing from Josh Allen. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is I don't think people realized the impact that John Brown would have. Now, Brown, is he's not a number one receiver, of course not, um, the Bills don't have a clear-cut number one receiver, but with the receiving core they do have, and and when the Bills spread them out, and you know it, it creates mismatches. And John Brown's speed is a mismatch. Is he a number? Like I said, is he a number one receiver? No, probably not. But can he contribute consistently for an entire season with Josh Allen? Yes. Is he a deep threat? Yes. In this game, John Brown had seven receptions for seventy-two yards. Um, coming off of another strong uh, another strong game uh, was Josh Allen and John Brown. I they seem to have a really good chemistry between them. Um and it, he looks John Brown's way quite a bit in this game. And like I said, the the Devin, the Devin Singletary, the John Brown and the Cole Beasley signings this offseason seem to have been very, very good, underrated in my opinion underrated i underrated their their acquisitions and it is turning out to be absolutely uh paramount to keeping this offense moving and on the field now um Josh Gore had a very very tough week in week 1 he only rushed for 20 yards but he did get it going a little bit more in week 2 the line opened it up just a little bit more for him in week 2 he had 19 carries for 68 yards he did have he did also have a touchdown in this game, and he is just, he is defying time, he is beating father time, the fact that he is able to continuously contribute at his age, at his position, a position in which most running backs, when they hit the age of 30, just hit an absolute brick wall, and it's nothing but straight decline, Uh, he is just, he prepares incredibly well, he takes care of his body incredibly well, and he, provided we get to see Devin Singletary, Singletary got hurt in this game, which kind of stinks. He did have six carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. We did not have him for week three, and hopefully he's not out that long. It is kind of like a a very good combination between uh, Frank Gore, who's going to run it up inside. He's going to continuously give you positive yards, and Devin Singletary, a guy who can run it up inside but bounce it outside and a real shifty type of uh, running back that the that the Bills got. Uh, as you guys know, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I was a real. I was a real critic of getting Singletary where we got him in the third round, but he is turning out to be an absolute or an absolutely fantastic running back in the NFL so far. For the second straight week, the. Uh, offensive line looked very, very, very strong. They gave Josh Allen a lot of time. They, uh, like I said, they started to open up lanes a little bit more for Josh Allen in this game. And it was very, very encouraging to see, especially after last year where Allen was running for his life on essentially every single drop back that he had. Um, So that is just a huge improvement and you can see it. You can see that. Uh, Allen has time to stand there and survey the field and, and pick his receiver, go through his reads, and it is just it has helped his accuracy tremendously. One of the other things I wanted to talk about that I noticed in week two was Shaq Lawson. Now, I did it on another podcast. Uh, I did it on a friend's podcast. He was my sleeper guy for the Buffalo Bills this season. He coming into his the last year of his contract, he is essentially playing for his life in the NFL, and you know what? He is playing well. Uh, I notice him on just about in just about every single game. Um, he is getting QB pressures. He is batting the ball down. He is disrupting um, the other team's quarterback on a weekly basis, and that is what you want to see from Shaq Lawson. That is why the Bills drafted him, and I'm happy to see him finally be able to start to contribute and and visually be able to see him and notice him more and more on the field uh, as the weeks go on. I didn't write down a whole lot of notes for the game against the Giants, so I'm just going to jump right in and talk about the Bengals game. How about that? I would, I'm just going to jump right in. How about that transition? It was pretty fantastic, wasn't it? It was awful. But nevertheless, we're going to talk about the Bengals game. First off, I want to start by saying whoever came up with the fact that uh, you can no longer print your tickets out from Ticketmaster and bring them into the game and whoever thought that it was a good idea to have everyone log on to their phones with their internet Uh, 70,000 people all at the same time uh, is an idiot, is an absolute idiot. Whoever thought of that needs to be fired because you don't think that 70,000 people all logging in at the exact same time to the exact same server are going to have a problem. Of course, they're going to have a problem. We had that problem outside of New Era Field this past week. We had to go to the ticket counter and and wait in line and we ended up missing about half of the first quarter because of the problems with Ticketmaster and the fact that we couldn't get um that the internet crashed I didn't mean internet I meant the server that the server crashed we weren't the only ones a ton of people were having the exact same problem that we were having so they really need to work on that and fix it I will never, ever, 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 ever go to a game in any sporting event. This is, I mean, maybe I'm showing my age. I'm really not that old, but maybe I'm showing my age in the fact that I prefer paper tickets. I prefer having them in my hand. I prefer being able to hold on to them and know that I have them ready to go when I need them, when I want to go into the game. We lined up, or we got in line about 45 minutes before the game started. We had to do all that running around, and then... When we finally got the ticket, we finally had to pay for paper tickets to be printed by the Buffalo Bills staff. We finally got them printed. And then, my another complaint for this past home game was security. The Bills talked about and put it out online. We're hiring a bunch more security guards. They're going to be in the lots. They're going to watch you guys. First off, hilarious. Looked like it completely backfired. Lots that are normally chock full of people were empty tons of space available in those lots and the Buffalo Bills lost a lot of money by not allowing people to, I don't want to say have a good time, but to put a lot of restrictions on the Bills fans and how they're going to tailgate. I get it from a business standpoint, you don't want a lawsuit, but from a fan standpoint, it's absolutely terrible and the fans adjusted by just not paying the Buffalo Bills $40 to park in their lot and just finding a a private lot down the road to continue their tributary in, in continuing to jump through tables and, and take shots out of bowling balls and, and setting things on fire and, and all that kind of crazy stuff that you normally see at a Buffalo Bills tailgate. But they hired all those security guards to say, we're going to, we're going to be out there. We're going to be out there in force. Well, whoever was in charge of security obviously didn't do a very good job planning at the gates, Because as you stand in line, you could see, and when I say multiple, I mean like six to eight metal detectors that could have security guards standing on them to let people through into the game faster, just completely being disregarded, not used at all. And it was bottlenecking everybody so that uh, there was probably 10 to 15, I would say 10 to 15,000 people still waiting to get in when the game started, even though they had lined up about an hour before game time. Which to me is an absolute mess. It's it's a it's a nightmare. An hour to 45 minutes should be more than enough time to be able to get into the game and get to your seats and watch the opening kickoff. And the fact that the Bills uh, staff really fumbled that ball. Is is a complaint that I is a complaint that I had this past Bills game. Will I go to another Bills game? I'm not sure. Um, once I got into the game, though, I did have a good time. It was fun. We had some pretty good seats. I believe we sat in section 109, row 21, something like that. We were right by the end zone. Um, we did see the Bills' uh, first touchdown. It came right at us. It was uh, it was a, a very good experience. I haven't been to a Bills game in a very long time, so it was it was a good time. I forgot how loud it gets in there. I forgot how emotional people get inside of there, and I forgot the one thing that I like more than anything else is that Buffalo Bills games brings people together. I was high-fiving people. I had no idea who they were. I've never seen them before. I never met them, and we were talking and having a good time with each other. That is what sports is all about. That is what I love a lot about sports, especially the older I get, is the fact that, you know, sport. this is what sports is about. It's about bringing people together to forget about life and have a good time and be entertained for a couple of hours. But on to the game. The Bills played the Bengals. The Bengals were coming into this game were 0-2. They had a narrow defeat against uh, Seattle in the opening week. They looked awful in week two, so we didn't know which Buffalo or which uh, Cincinnati Bengals team we were going to get. We were hoping that we get the that we were hoping that we got the Bills team that played in week two that looked so good, looked so confident, and for the most part, uh, Josh Allen again looked very comfortable, looked very in control, and he looked very confident. He was 23 of 36 with a touchdown and one interception. He threw for 243 yards, continuing his streak of 200 plus passing yards for an eighth straight game. Um, This is the most since Jim Kelly in like 1992 or something like that, which goes to show you how long it's been since we have had a legitimate quarterback uh, in our franchise. The thing that impressed me the most is... The fact that Josh Allen is an absolute gamer. He is a gamer. You cannot take that away from this kid. Whether you love him or you hate him, he is a playmaker. He just makes plays. There was one play which was looked kind of like, I don't want to say it was a broken play, but it looked like a, a play-action play. He gets stepped on or trips falls down in the backfield 8 to 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, When his hand hits the ground, the ball comes out. He has the presence of mind, while guys are barreling in on him, to gather the ball, pick it up, run to his right, and throw a dart to his tight end, uh, Tommy Sweeney, for a 2-yard gain, and that it doesn't sound like a lot, and it doesn't sound like a big play, and people are going to say, why are you bringing that up? It's because... It was a net gain of probably about 17 yards. Instead of a, a ten to probably about a ten to fifteen yard loss on the play, it was a two-yard gain. So that really set the bills up to kind of continue that drive and to keep it going. And plays like that are, are what make Josh what can potentially make Josh Allen special and hopefully that these games are, are building his confidence. He's getting more confident and more confident and more confident. And and that trans- translates to his play on the field. Another big play that he had, and it was... I mean, he had multiple big plays in this game. It was really incredible to watch. Um, another one of the plays he had was late in the fourth quarter when the Bills were driving. It looks like he's going to get sacked. I mean... When I say he looks like he's going to get sacked, he is in the defender's arms. Josh Allen spins away, uses his non-throwing hand to throw the the, uh, uh, defensive lineman off of him, scrambles to his left, beats the defensive end to the corner, and rushes for, I think, roughly 10 yards to pick up the first down late in the fourth quarter when the Bills were trailing to help them continue the drive again it's just such a clutch play and that's another point i wanted to bring up about Josh Allen is the fact that he is so clutch Josh Allen has 5 game-winning drives in 14 games that he has started and finished that is an unbelievable stat and I mean, maybe it's a bad stat because that means the Bills are playing a lot from behind in the fourth quarter. But the fact that he is so young and he has that many comebacks, this kid is confident. He is he is poised, and he can make the big play. The Bills were down by three points uh, with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen calmly drives them down the field for the go-ahead touchdown uh, with roughly a minute and 10 seconds or something like that left in the fourth quarter to essentially have the go-ahead touchdown and, and win the game for the Buffalo Bills. This is the quarterback that we have waited for for a very long time, I hope. Like I said, I don't want to anoint him the next great thing after just a few games, but all signs are pointing to yes right now. Before, I would say last year, two years ago, three, well, maybe not last year, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, when the Bills were down, even going into the second half, if they were down by more than a, a touchdown or more, they were going to lose the game. And I knew they were going to lose the game because our quarterback play was average to slightly below average. It wasn't that good. I knew the quarterbacks weren't going to be able to bring us back with their arms. And I knew that if we didn't have a lead to be able to run the ball and and really pound the rock, that we were going to have a very difficult time. So it is very refreshing to see... Eh, and have the confidence to know that the quarterback that you have behind center is going to be able to bring you back in difficult moments and be able to win those close games for you. Now, another thing that Josh Allen did in this game that it made me scratch my head a lot was the fact that he, in the, uh, the second half, I believe with like nine minutes to go or something like that in the third quarter, of the game this past week he rolls out to his right he is literally being grabbed down he tries to throw back across his body uh to an incredibly covered receiver it wasn't as if the defender made some great play but the defender was i mean in the guy's hip pocket and he still tries to make this throw and it is picked off and it's almost a pick six but that play right there essentially got the cincinnati Bengals back in the game The Bills were up 14 to nothing at that point. And if Josh Allen just throws the ball away and has some more situational awareness instead of trying to fit that ball into somewhere where he probably shouldn't try to fit it in, uh, if there were no defenders around that guy, um, if he just throws that ball out of bounds, I don't think he has to have that game-winning drive. The Bills were in complete control until that play. That play really swung the pendulum back to the Bengals. And then they were able to score 17 unanswered points, uh, and like I said, of course the Bills came back, and and Josh Allen did end up leading them back to the win. But those are the types of plays that you don't want to see. Are you going to see some of those plays? Yes. The reason why you're going to see some of those plays: Josh Allen is young, and he is got an. I mean, he's got one of the best arms I have ever seen ever. And I don't. I, I mean, I've been watching football since. The early '90s. He's got one of the best arms I've seen ever. The ball comes out of there so fast with so much velocity, and it's an, it's absolutely incredible the arm strength that this kid has. But sometimes he needs to understand um, that his arm strength is just not going to be enough in the NFL. These guys are too good. They're too fast, and they will intercept that ball on him. Another thing that I mean, people may or may not agree with me on this point, is the fact that I want to see less of called run plays for Josh Allen. If he's going to scramble around, if he's going to come out and get out of the pocket and try to make a play um, when his offensive line breaks down and when there's pressure and this and that, fine. That's that's what would make him very special. That's what made Big Ben so special is the fact that he wasn't really a, a running quarterback, but he could escape the pocket, especially in his early years and really be able to um, escape sacks and make plays downfield. I think Josh Allen can be that for the Buffalo Bills. What I don't want him to be is Cam Newton. And let me explain. Cam Newton has been in the league for eight years. They do, they do He rushed the ball quite a bit. Uh, I think his high is like 800 rushing yards in a season or something like that. But if you watch him the last couple of seasons... His body is completely breaking down on him, and after just eight seasons in the NFL, he's still a relatively young man, and the fact that his body is breaking down that much is from all the wear and tear, from all the hits, and all the running that he's done in his career up to this point. That's what I don't want for Josh Allen. I don't want that. If we have our franchise guy, I want him to be able to escape the pocket, yes, but I don't want him to have to rely on his athleticism all the time to be able to make plays. I want him to be be able to rely on his smarts, his football IQ, and his uh, arm strength and accuracy to be able to win us games. That is what wins games in the NFL. People can say that, oh, well, we're going to running quarterbacks and we're doing this and we're doing that. That's fine. That's fine. But the game is still won in the pocket in the NFL. All you have to do if you wanna if for me to want to prove this is look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady, yeah, that guy runs like a, a like an eight-second 40-yard dash at this point in his career, but he doesn't have to run because he's he gets the ball out of his hands so fast. He's so smart, he's seen it all, and he just he can dissect the play very easily, and he gets the ball out to his receivers before he even has his, a, a an opportunity to get touched, which is absolutely incredible. Like I said, those are the things I want Josh Allen to be able to do. I want him to be able to win from the pocket. Now, again, Frank Gore, the last two weeks has looked very, very solid. That's one of the th- things I did write down. Frank Gore looked very good in the absence of Devin Singletary. Gore ran the ball very well. He averaged 5.4 yards per carry. He had 76 yards, yards and the game-winning touchdown. It was nice to see that he still has it. He still has that juice. Is he going to you know, break off an 80-yard touchdown run? Probably not, but is he always going to get those positive yards? Is he going to get three and four and five-yard carries on just about every single carry that he has? Yes, he's going to do that. And he's going to do that consistently, and hopefully he can do that for the entire year, or at least until Devin Singletary is ready to assume the uh, RB1 role for the Buffalo Bills for the remainder of the season. Now, if you didn't watch this past Sunday's game, I want to tell you that you need to right now, as I'm talking, as you're listening to me, I want you to go online, go to YouTube, and look up the name Dawson Knox. He had an unbelievable play uh, on the game-winning drive for the Buffalo Bills. He gets wide open on the left sideline. Josh Allen finds him. It looks like he's going to get tackled for maybe a you know like a, 15, or like a fifteen to twenty yard gain. He throws the linebacker off of him with a stiff arm, and then the safety comes up and tries to stop Knox. And he just, I, I I, don't even know what to say that he murdered him. He basically just murdered uh, the, the defender that came up and tried to tackle him. Knox, it, just watch the play. That's all I can say. Watch the play. It was awesome. It was incredible. It swung all the momentum back to the Buffalo Bills. And it was truly a man's run. He ran the ball like a a grown man playing against children. It was incredible. The only thing that would have made that play better is if he somehow found a way to score. He did get 38 yards on that play. He, Like I said, he swung all the momentum back to the Buffalo Bills, put them in Cincinnati Bengals territory, and of course the Bills continued on and ended up scoring the game-winning touchdown on that drive. It was just it was it was great to watch. It really was great to watch. Um in this game, Cole Beasley uh was the target was targeted quite a bit. He had eight receptions for 48 yards. Again, Beasley just old Mr. Reliable. He's there from the five to ten yards, catching those passes, moving the chains, being the security blanket for Josh Allen. John Brown didn't have as good a game as he had in the first two weeks. He was kind of bottled up. He had four receptions for just 51 yards, but it didn't matter because Dawson Knox had three catches for 67 yards and a touchdown in this one. Knox led all Buffalo Bills receivers in terms of yards, and he, I, if he continues to trend up like he has been the last couple of weeks, in my opinion, I think we might have a really solid tight end that can do it all. In week two, I actually wrote a note. If you watch Isaiah McKenzie's touchdown, well, it was a pass technically because Josh Allen threw it forward, but if you watch Isaiah McKenzie's touchdown, the lead blocker on that play is Dawson Knox, and Knox just drove his man back 5, 10, 15 yards to give McKenzie the space to be able to get into the end zone. And in this game, he showed off his strength once again by just obliterating two of Cincinnati Bengals defenders. And it was, it was a, seeing it live was unbelievable. Hearing the crowd just absolutely erupt after the stiff arm and then get even louder after he just murdered the DB for the Bengals. It was just, it was fun. It was awesome. And I absolutely loved it. I had, I had a tremendous, tremendous time at the Buffalo Bills game this past week. One of the last things that I wanted to talk about before I end this podcast is something that we, we couldn't say about the Buffalo Bills in past years. This team is incredibly resilient. This team believes in itself. This team never feels like they're out of a game. This team feels like they're always in control. And with Josh Allen at the helm, they are very confident that they can win every single game that they play. They know Allen's going to give it his all. They know he's going to, he's going to put his body on the line for him. And that is something that is very easy to follow out on the field that makes other guys want to put their bodies on the line for the team. And that in turn uh, helps the, the team come together as a whole. And my goodness, I really think the Bills have something special brewing here. If they can keep this together, if they can keep their heads on the ground, if they can continue to win the games they're supposed to win with a schedule the way they have it this year the bills have a legitimate shot at potentially going 10 and six maybe 11 and five maybe but again the bills haven't gone 10 and six since 1999 so but something just feels different as a fan it feels different this year it feels Feels like the Bills can go 10-6. and 6. It feels like the Bills can go 11-5. and 5. Can the Bills beat the Patriots? I'm not sure. We're going to find out on Sunday when they play the Patriots at home. That crowd should be absolutely rocking for that game. It was the Patriots who the Bills played when they went to try to uh, break the world record. Uh, I believe the highest decibels they got in the stadium was about 124.2 decibels. In the stadium um, this past weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals said that the New Era Field was louder than Seattle, who was a previous World uh, Guinness Book of World Records holder for loudest stadium. This past week, they said that that New Era Field was louder and more intense than um, when they played the Seahawks in Week One. And you know what? People say, you know, does it have an effect on you? It really does. And I think it has an effect on the fact that communication is paramount in this league. And if your team can't hear you, if the team can't hear the play, if the team can't hear the snap count, if the team can't hear you call out the snap count when they're all lined up, it it can really influence the game in a way that most other games can't really be influenced. It can legitimately influence a game. It could net... Uh, negative yards for the opponents of the Buffalo Bills, and again, if the Bills can somehow find a way to win this week and go 4-0, it will be absolute mayhem the next time the Bills are at home. It, My goodness, i I would not want to be a worker there because it is going to be absolute chaos if the Bills find a way to beat New England this week. But that's all I got for you guys this week. I want to say thank you for listening to me rant and rave about my problems going into the Buffalo, or going into New Era Field this um, this past week. Again, um, if you're going, make sure that you have good internet connection, or make sure you can print out your tickets somewhere. Make sure you have them um, ready, ready to rock and roll before you walk up to the gate, so that you don't you don't experience any of the same problems that we did. Uh, make sure you you leave in plenty of time so that you can get to your seats and be able to see kickoff again. Hopefully security is a little bit better in week uh, in week four. It'll be the second home game for the Bills, but hopefully security can be a little bit better, a little bit more efficient for everyone else that's going to be going to the games this week. On that note, I want to wish everyone a very good week. Thank you for listening and have a good one.